Osafam, fam? You are about to listen to part two of my conversation with media personality and founder of the Adele Onyango Initiative, Adele Onyango. Enjoy. What's up, people? My name's Adele Onyango, and you're listening to the Kingship Podcast. Obviously, I have my down days where mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, this is nonsense. Mm. Like, this is such a bad episode. And yeah. it's around those times when you're having a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. But being proud of myself, I really am. I think I told, I told Fal, who you know is my husband, my partner. I told him maybe two nights ago. I was just like, "What? <laughs> I'm proud of myself. You, you are, are you also proud? Like, look at what you you married, eh? <laughs> Woman of substance. <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's important to be proud. True, of it's true. Yeah. Like, I, I, I strongly believe in like your your best cheerleader oh, yeah. and worst critic as well yeah. so when you're having a good day you know just tell yourself hey listen hey, did. yeah exactly yeah. like that was a really good show yeah. like I did my best with this yeah. one and look how it came out yeah I think it's very important for that for again because yeah. you know other people can't understand the significance mm-hmm. of your plan actually working out the way you envisioned exactly. it and you just being like okay listen. they weren't with you in the trenches exactly yeah. exactly yeah. now let's talk career you've said that it was a very easy transition from you into radio yeah talk to me about that um so in uni i went to usiu mm-hmm. and i did um journalism and psychology mm-hmm. in journalism specifically i was uh, majoring in public relations mm-hmm. i knew that's what i wanted to go into i had no ambitions of going into presenting mm. or whatever or broadcast media yeah um and then I, at the time because I, I i am a poet at the time i had started with um, my friend cassandra who mm-hmm. was um studying business again i was very aware that i'm weak in numbers so mm. i need to attach myself with somebody who's strong who knows the know? numbers yeah um i was like yo i want to be able to make money from this mm-hmm. you know just pocket money good yeah. money yeah um and i need to I can run the creative side and let's have an event. And so we created an event mm-hmm. called Open Mic hosted by Adele. Mm-hmm. And there were musicians who would come through. So people like Fena, that's where I met Fena, that's where I met Elani, um, Wendy Kimani, different mm-hmm. musicians performed. Mm-hmm. And then when I, so we'd have the gig in the rooftop of Chester House in town. Mm-hmm. Those are good days. <laughs> We're not even paying taxes. Good, good days. Good days. Um, and then what happened? So we at, at uni. Then I got known for the poetry. Mm-hmm. And so, um, USIU then started its radio station. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's doing um, a Saturday show—I forget his name—he was doing a Saturday show. He told me to come on as a guest, and it was like an Afrofusion, mm-hmm. you know, playing their Temmies mm-hmm. and. Eric Koinaina's show and yeah. I was going to perform my poetry on it so that show the co-host didn't manage to make it because of traffic this mm-hmm. was back in the day mm-hmm. I mean think of it's still a mess now but yeah. it was even messier mm-hmm. then and so she didn't manage to make it so I stayed the entire show mm-hmm. and then the next Saturday he called me back and he's like come through so I came again mm-hmm. and every Saturday after that yeah. and what I didn't know is he was recording all the shows mm-hmm. and sending the demos out to various media houses, oh, one of which being one of them when they were starting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess it, it it made sense to them that she's doing this open mic gig and mm-hmm. whatever. So he, um, the the head of radio at One FM, Tim Nzioka, mm-hmm. still um, somebody I respect today, called me and said, "Hey, I'm calling from One FM." That time I thought I'm a celeb for poetry. I'm like, "Oh, you want me to interview me? <laughs> me? Let me check if I'm available." You know, and he was like, "No, we want you to. Can you host a show?" I said, "Yes," even though I'm no clue, <laughs> but like, yeah, and. I went in for a meeting and I, what did I do? I got the drive show mm-hmm. and then we started looking for a host. I think that was about August. We started looking for a host for me, which mm-hmm. was hard. Which year is this? Um, 2010, I okay. want to say. Mm-hmm. 2009 or 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what happened? Yeah, it was hard to get a co-host because I was out talking 
all the male co-hosts i remember thinking maybe the problem is me they're gonna get to a point where they just like just find this chick <laughs> stalking too much like it's easier so you will find <laughs> a guy and then i got a co-host finally mm-hmm. um and then i did uh the drive that's how i, I got onto the drive show was it was it like a, an experience that you thoroughly enjoyed yeah, I think I really loved um, working at 1FM because they were playing African music only. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that's all I was listening to. So okay. it was like, I'm working around the music that I love. You like, you know yeah. what I mean? And then I'm young, early 20s. Mm-hmm. You get to interview all these celebrities. and stuff. It was it was fun. It was it, exciting. Yeah. I can, um, on days that I don't have to go to school, I can sleep in. Yeah. I needed a rock at 2 p.m. Ah. <laughs> Great, <laughs> great! I don't have to wake up and I'm getting paid. Yeah, ah, great. Um, so that was it was a really good experience. I think after my mom died, I started no even before she died, I started mm. taking it seriously, like trying to be like this could actually be a career. Mm-hmm. And then she died, and you you know those who have experienced such close um, deaths losses. and losses mm. will tell you your mind shift mm. and you don't see life the same mm-hmm. sometimes it's bad sometimes it's good the mm. good for me was that i was very aware and i'm still aware that we're not here for a long time yeah and so i'm like okay how do i live as much as possible mm. while i'm here you mm. know and so i started getting i wanted a, a, a challenge but i wasn't too sure what the next would look like because you see i've got it into radio and thrown into a prime show mm-hmm. most people come slowly from, you're like, eased into it, like a weekend and so i'm like wow so where does someone go from here <laughs> you know yeah um and luckily then in 20 end of 2012 um kiss kiss fm reached out to me mm-hmm. and they're like hey we want you to come um, to the mid-morning show mm-hmm. I think we negotiated for three months mm-hmm. Because also we were going into an election year Okay And I was like Do I really want to move jobs in an election year? Because Yeah How is it going to This it's was really after 2007 shaky. Yeah Right? So I was like Ooh. And then you know if we go And then things start sinking Yeah The newest ones gonna are the go- first yeah, ones exactly. We got it rid of mm-hmm. I'm just like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So wise decision really Yeah um, But I made the move Uh February, I want to say third or fourth mm-hmm. of 2013. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think it was for me. I was just like, oh my god, okay. So now I'm here where I'm, I'm, because you know it's under Radio Africa. Yeah, which, you know, of course. And then so you have all of these people you grew up, maybe not listening to, but you know about you see, them. You see, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's just like so now. I'm, yeah okay yeah what does that mean like i have to work twice as hard yeah you're sitting with people who i'm like how long have you been in media and they're just like oh i've been here 15 years 10 years i'm like wow do enough (laughs) (laughs) and wow so i i like that i just said you know what do the time yeah like literally there's no shortcuts I can't be entitled to what these people have. They have worked for it for over 10, 15 years. Yeah. Who the heck says I should have that yeah. after two and a half, three years, yeah. right? Yeah. So I just put my head down, did the work, um, and then I was moved to the breakfast show. I want to say in 2016, mm-hmm. after three years on the mid-morning mid-morning show mm-hmm. i'm really bad with dates but hey yeah. <laughs> um yeah the math then, is in there yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. and then i i moved to the breakfast show which was um was it nerve-wracking at the beginning yes yeah at the beginning it was because obviously uh, at the time how radio was i think now there's a shift but at the time how radio was breakfast and drive mm. were considered to mm. be prime mm-hmm while I was on mid morning, I didn't think that was a truth anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you felt mid morning was where the traffic is? No. Mm. I just felt people's routines were changing so much with the digital shift yeah. that it wasn't enough for radio to say, 
when they wake up they listen to radio so breakfast is you know what i mean yeah it's the show and when they're going home drive is the show because i think that's what we're all talking yeah and yeah. so i i always question that where i was like oh no you need to spend enough time and effort across all your shows because now you're a content platform mm. you know it's not like for example mm. facebook you don't get up and you can only post a status between 6 and 10 a.m. Yeah. After that, nothing. No, yeah. it's throughout, throughout the day. Yeah. You can interact with content on this platform, same as YouTube and whatever. Yeah. And so that had always been my feeling. Even now, mm. I still feel it where you're producing a show. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what time of day it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, but at that time, Move to Breakfast um, yeah. considered Prime, which is good. Because I wanted out. Yeah. So I, I wanted to knock all my goals. <laughs> Just be done. Like, I have like, done my work here. And, yeah. and get out. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so I left in... I think I handed in my resignation end of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And same. I, again, this um, conversation that you were having with your best friend again... And yeah. you're not a team player yeah. that you would have preferred to have like your mid-morning show and just host that by yourself. Yeah. What is the transition from mid-morning to actually to now different hours and having a co-host? Yeah. And this is somebody else's ideas that I need to incorporate whether I yeah. like it or not. Yeah. Like this is something that I just have to be yeah. with or deal with and make sure that the show runs smoothly. How does that transition look like for you? Um... Yeah, so I am a control freak, mm-hmm. and so working alone is heaven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have people group work. I'm doing all the work, and I'm okay. Right. And I'll even present because I'm just like, ah, you, you're going to Angutas, yeah. Um, so moving from, I, I didn't. It wasn't even in terms of having a co-host because my co-host at the time was Shafi. Mm-hmm. Shafi Waru, I had interacted with him throughout my time at Kiss and mm. he had grown to be like a brother figure okay for me and he's very easygoing yeah. so it was it wasn't um somebody has a contrary idea we were actually funny enough on the same page for a lot of issues mm-hmm. as much as we are polar opposites okay. in personality mm. i think it was more external um opinions because it's a prime show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's people who you're just like, some, it comes from a learned space, mm-hmm. some doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you have to accommodate all of these people. And I, I, I didn't, that I didn't really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, truth be told, that I didn't really enjoy. Um, but other than that, I didn't mind the content because I think we were too very <laughs> stubborn people mm-hmm. and so we could say we're not gonna do that oh. <laughs> and agree when we're going in hey, hey, we're a team <laughs> right and we're against ABCD yeah. so that was good and it was good to be able to also try and push for more um, a more cohesive approach mm. so instead of putting a lot of funding and marketing behind only breakfast what are we doing for all the other shows? Because now I had been on mid-morning. Mm. You know? So I was like, there's value there. There's value in drive. There's value in late night. There's, you know? Yeah. How do we build a strong entire station instead yeah. of a strong one, one show? show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what happens to, you know? Yeah. So I remember during that time, I organized for, and this was not even my job. Again, control free. <laughs> what was I doing? What did you do? I was org- organizing a photo shoot. I did a photo shoot for all the presenters. Man. That was none of my business. <laughs> I should not have been doing that. But you know, one of my good friends um, runs um, a photography and videography. But I was like, please, please, please. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like we, we don't have branding. Mm. We don't have branding. What yeah. the hell? And so, it's needed. And it's needed. So we... We did that. It was so hilarious. And just making sure, like, if we're agitating for certain changes and yeah. for all the presenters, I'm sending the email now. Make mm. sure you re- reply. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging dry. <laughs> Have you said? I will check your mail reply. Where? At the time, we had triple keys. You're too yeah. busy. You've not checked your mail. Reply. <laughs> you know. 
Um, and it was, it was, uh, I think it was a great experience. I, I liked moving to breakfast. It taught me a lot. Yeah. It taught me a lot, even, um, terms of the back end and what happens the entire experience taught me a lot because now me running my own what essentially is a media business yeah i understand it because i've lived through it mm. yeah 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 <laughs> this office is like this all right um all right so you starting off at at one fm this is from you doing pr in school mm-hmm. there's no vision of like you being a broadcaster or being involved in that way to you now moderating conversations or having conversations with the president is this something that you ever 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 saw happening you know we're told dream big yeah. and you can do whatever you want you can be the president of the world and can. all that yeah. yeah like did you ever see that happening um i don't know Mm-hmm. What I do know is that I don't know how to shut up when I see things not going right. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak, especially if I'm passionate about it. And that's all the women in my family. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's just how we've been raised. We're really loud. And yeah. like, so you'll think there are no men, mm-hmm. but they kind of just understand if something is going wrong. Like, hey, why is yeah. this wrong? And so with matters youth and matters women, I've always been vocal mm. not only because of personal experiences but also because i'm just like but that's wrong yeah like <laughs> the logic like, says, that, that yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah. like why are you guys doing that yeah um so i i wouldn't say that i saw it mm. coming i would say but in hindsight because of speaking of those issues mm. it only makes sense that I would be invited into certain spaces mm. right mm. talk about those issues and I'm very grateful that those platforms didn't ask me to kind of do government PR or whatever mm-hmm. it was more I wrote my own questions mm. I I prepped my panelists myself mm. um, there was very little hey you know you can't External, this, yeah. you cannot, I actually didn't experience that at all yeah um so i think it's more about the work that i was doing and to be able to moderate and i the 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 the, the event where i had a q a with the president uh, my co-moderator was uh Waihiga maura wow and afterwards we were talking because we were so tired like yeah. first i was driving home i was like why you guys so tired <laughs> so it's a call together yeah like i'm just going to go he was just like i've just even collapsed on my couch like i just don't want to hear of any work for a while yeah and he said something that i was like because i used to question why am i being put in these rooms mm-hmm. i'm not on tv moderating anything mm. right and he was like, you know what I admire about how you did it? You can tell you're very passionate about the issues. He said, sometimes as journalists, because of what we deal with on a day-to-day, mm. we harden. Yeah. And an issue is just an issue. Yeah. And he was like, but for you, I could feel it's not an issue. Mm. It's, it's, it's their stories behind this issue. And yeah. so I like that. I was like, oh, really? Thanks. Because I was trying to like be more like the journalist. Yeah. Like, nah, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, and so then that validated why I need to be in those spaces. There's so many times I get approached for the things and then I'm just like, oh my God, I, Gaba, I yeah. don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. That's stress. Yeah. But then I'm like, that's, if I pass out on this space, who is going to represent the people who have concerns about how certain things are being run in this country? Mm-hmm. And they don't have the access. They don't have the access. Yeah. So I meant to go in there and, and ask those questions and also hold space so that then the next time they can have two me's. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they can also see, ah, okay, we can actually have a balanced conversation and yeah. not just have everybody singing government praises or whatever, mm. right? Yeah. And so my go-to whenever I get it's just like, no, 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 not me, not me. I even know someone. <laughs> I, don't worry. I can I'll get you someone. I'll get you someone. <laughs> End of day, I'll get you someone. But then, um, you know, you think about it, my sisters are the ones, my the middle-born Amanda, she's the one who said, she's like, you know, I always wonder how we can't detach 
from government if we want to hold them accountable she's like how do we hold them accountable if we don't mm. hold them accountable but mm. it's like yeah you know if we're only having that conversation as ourselves yeah like in the bedroom in the corner but when you're told okay now then the issues no, 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 yeah no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know i'm too scared or whatever then she's like so how how do we expect yeah. anything so that really taught uh, you know did something for me and yeah i think i gave it my best that's right yeah that's dope and I, I was telling you like even before we started recording the podcast i think one thing that very is very inspirational about your career is like in the journalist space you utilize it to be more than just a mm. journalist which is what i'm trying to do mm. also like i'm trying to like capitalize on mental health and having those conversations mm. as raw as unapologetic because i feel like in keeping quiet that's where the problems happen yeah, and being like hush hush yeah don't say they killed themselves mm. that's where it's like if someone got into an accident you'd say they got into an accident and that's how they died so why is it a hush hush conversation yeah, if someone takes their life and this year actually got approached to do like a talk on youth for global goals mm. and it was my first time i stayed with that email for a few days i was like where me need to present i was like no, i'm a radio presenter but that's then what you do after i that's thought about it you i are. actually did it, yeah. you know after i thought about it i was like listen i'm just going to do it yeah. i'm i'm going to see what they need me to do and i responded and they were like i cool we're going to do something crazy and i was like this is actually dope yeah. so i was asking them how did you find me they're like on social media i'm like what yeah. on my instagram my my ratchet Instagram that's where you found I've that I've gotten many jobs via Instagram <laughs> it's, so. it's, it's a dope yeah. feeling to actually you know get that I don't know it's a validation extension yeah you know it's, yeah. it's, it's dope when did that first time you know you coming from hosting 1FM from hosting at Kiss to you now actually speaking about these issues on on that scale and being invited as an expert you know this one in this field this one knows everything when was that first time for you and and what shift happened after that i don't know if i remember as the first speaking engagement i don't i genuinely don't remember there've been so many but i don't know when they started yeah um but i remember 2018 mm-hmm. Because when you're leaving a platform like Kiss, people think you're out of your mind. And mm. like, yeah, that's the best job, mm-hmm. big platform, and whatever. Africa. Yeah. yeah, and um, that year, and obviously sometimes you're just like, this is nonsense, and mm. sometimes you're low, and you're like, oh, maybe they're right, yeah. right? Yeah. But I remember 2018, I got a DM from some chicken. South Africa and she was just like hey I'm from Na 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 mm-hmm. um, company we're doing we've seen your work around youth and women and we'd like to engage you for these these projects that we're doing mm-hmm. um, back and forth back and forth and then I ended up going to Joburg mm-hmm. for this job mm-hmm. and we were there we're seeing um, various projects that we're doing with um, female healthcare workers mm-hmm. in the community and helping um, survivors of of sexual violence, mm-hmm. some who had contracted HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, it's it's such a brilliant model mm-hmm. um, that project. And then obviously afterwards we had a dinner. For, mm-hmm. And and when I arrived, what I didn't know is they had talked to people from different countries. So mm-hmm. they were um, the lady who runs um, Humans of Bombay was there from India. Mm-hmm. There were people from Germany. Belgium, the UK, um, America. Mm-hmm. I think I was the only other African, other from other than the people from, from South, South Africa. Africa. Oh no, and I was there with Julie Gishuri. Okay. So we were two of us. And at this dinner, um, I was talking to one of the heads, mm-hmm. and you know we we're talking, 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 and one of the girls from India says, "Yeah, you know." Um, she mentioned she is a radio presenter so Mm -hmm. she mentioned something about radio and I was like yeah I experienced the same when I'm doing my radio show and this head was like wait you're on radio and I was just like yeah (laughs) I've been on radio for quite a while now (laughs) in Kenya and I'm like oh we didn't know wow we just knew you were doing all of this other work wow and I remember being so happy mm. because I thought this one label which is what I do not who I am mm-hmm. was what defined me and letting go of it would mean okay who am I Yeah. so I felt like oh okay <laughs> 
Um, and and you know we went for a Beyonce concert afterwards. Okay, girl. That was so good. <laughs> and I remember mid concert, mid her performance, I was like, I'm going back home and I'm gonna hand in that resignation. And that's what I did. I came back. Um, had Christmas with my family and then handed in my resignation. So I think that one was pivotal for me because people label you. Mm. Um, right now I'm just like, I guess because humans want to understand, so they fit you into boxes. Yeah, right? yeah. You're a radio presenter. You're you can na-na-na. only do that. That's and and they're trying to understand. I, I don't know if it's an understand. I don't know what it is, but yeah. humans do that a lot. And so for me, I was like, wait, no. Mm. Even podcaster. It's what I do. Mm. It's not who I am, Word. right? Yeah. It's what I do. There's a huge difference. And you, whatever job you're in, whatever title that job has given you, mm-hmm. it's so risky to attach your identity to that job. Mm. Because if that job is taken away from you, mm-hmm. who are you without it, mm. right? Um, so yeah, that one spoke a lot to me. It, it really, I was like, wow, I've gotten here like, yeah, by my own, <laughs> putting my own in work. the work, yeah, you know, yeah, utilizing the networks and mm. everything. Congrats, man! Only hoping for more. Of Thank course. you, definitely. Post you know, Corona. I feel, yeah, I, you know, as women in the game, I feel like we, we, you just need to see another woman in that position, yes. like excelling and being like, hold on. Yeah. So these men have been trying to tell me this, but like, yeah. funny, that's not a chick exactly. doing that thing. And it's it's dope to see because I, I feel like it also inspires some of the fellas, the ones who don't hate women. Yeah, you know, to be like. Listen, oh, yeah. a woman is out here, like For on sure. her shit. For sure. What am I doing? You know, not not being on that scale. Um, so let me ask before I even get into this question: How during your radio stint, you know, this is ten years on radio. How do you manage to like wake up every day for a three-hour show, even when you don't feel like waking up, and showing up and just be like, "Hey, it's that doll," and it's like, "Good morning," and you know, yeah. do the thing. Um, at the beginning, it wasn't hard. I told you, I enjoyed... First, it was a drive-time show, so I could wake up. I could sleep <laughs> in, wake up at 1 p.m. and You so party okay, at yeah? night, and then you just be cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that, I, I was still very impressionable, and I, I enjoyed that space. Mm-hmm. And I think even mid-morning, I loved it, mm-hmm. um, because I really had full agency over a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it got a bit difficult for breakfast, because of even timing, you have to be in the studio by 5 a.m., mm-hmm the show that starts at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and um, yeah time-wise that was hard because that means what you have to sleep at what time yeah you know? I know to get enough rest yeah but towards the end when I was very uncomfortable and trying to make the shift out again my support system is just so amazing because mm-hmm. my the last year um Val, my 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 husband was the one who would drive me to work mm-hmm. at that time because mm-hmm. um, I was I only had energy to do the show. Mm. <laughs> Everything else is extra. It's extra, yeah. and I, I can't. I act. can't. Mm. Um, and if I'm on the show and I'm just feeling like I, I'm not fulfilled mm. in this space anymore, my sisters, I would be checking. Mm. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I really want to end in my resignation. Mm-hmm. And so my my support system was so amazing, but also in that space, I can't discount my co-host. Mm-hmm. There were so many times I was so fed up, <laughs> and I guess him being older than me is yeah. just like, let's hang in do there, it, sis, yeah, hang in there. And, yeah. You know, I for him as well, because people forget your personal life. Things could be happening. Yeah, I remember once my grandma was in hospital. And you're getting those calls while you're on air. Um, he also was getting those things happen. Life still happens. Yeah. So even life continues. Like show. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's the support. I mm. think it's the support, and you reach out and ask for help when you need it. Mm. Um, and then you do things to cushion yourself. So on the days I'm low, I'll be like, hey, I'm prepping from home. Mm-hmm. So after the show. I just leave and I go back to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to spend time mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with a quality support system, mm-hmm. like not not just anybody. Yeah. People who truly want the best for you, people who will drop what they are doing for you because yeah. you would do the same as well for them. Yeah. I think I have that, and any time, like things are going even left. now, I'll just yeah. be like. 
I'm here. Mm. I'm tired. I can't drive. Yeah. No, no, no. Just, there'll be somebody who'll come and, you know, help me out. So I had a really, and still have a really good support system. That's dope. That's dope. After 10 years on air, after, you know, the excitement rides out, what would you say? It just, it started feeling like work, like towards you getting to resigning. What, what sucked the life out of radio for you? That I knew I wasn't like this is not I'm for me I'm done thing, yeah, yeah yeah I think that was it for me because again I've been brought up as I was telling you respect the individual mm-hmm. so I'm so self-aware it, like mm. <laughs> mm. I don't know how, how to say it without it sounding it's not a, a bragging thing but it's just how I've been brought up I know myself so well yeah that I know when I've evolved certain spaces or I know when this space is not for me yeah it feels um spiritually uncomfortable Mm -hmm. then manifests physically Mm -hmm. mentally uncomfortable and I think for me the worst part was again knowing how fickle life is I felt like I was wasting life Mm. in that space Mm -hmm. because I knew I'd evolved past it but Mm -hmm. I was not making a move and so I was like come on like do something. You know we're not here for yeah. long. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> do something. When yeah. do the jump. So I think that that for me was the part that was the hardest to navigate. Mm. Yeah. Damn. And then finally quitting and yeah. deciding that you know what I'm just gonna get into podcasting where I can be myself. Talk to me about that transition um, from radio into like like now legally clueless mm. and perspective. Um, I think it was. It was not the plan. Mm-hmm. Like in December when I handed in that resignation, I didn't know I was going to be yeah. podcasting come mm-hmm. 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I needed I, to go. Tired, I needed to go. Yeah. And um, I'd done, obviously, savings. I'd put my savings aside and mm-hmm. stuff. And in January, I was just doing a lot of reading, mm-hmm. which is important to do research all the time in your industry. Mm-hmm. Like looking into this podcasting thing. In my head, I thought the equipment needed would be so expensive coming again from traditional media and all the bulky equipment mm-hmm. needed in those studios mm-hmm. um then I, I was like wait i only need what <laughs> all right and so i read an article that was listing the microphones you need mm-hmm. it had links to the amazon pages mm-hmm. so i go there and i was like obviously some were like way out of my budget but yeah. some I was like, okay, so this one is 10K, mm-hmm. this one is 8, this one is 5, okay, what's, why is this one good? It was when I first um, learned about USB microphones, mm-hmm. I didn't know about USB microphones. Mm. So I thought I needed a mixer and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And so afterwards, I was like, okay, so I can I do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, and so I had my, my cousin who really is a sister to me coming from the States in February. Mm-hmm. She has an Amazon Prime uh, account. Mm-hmm. So immediately I purchased it the next day. They were at her house. My equipment landed, mm-hmm. changed my home, mm-hmm. made my home office. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really, that's why the podcast is called Legally Clueless because I didn't really know. Mm. I still don't really know and I think that's part of being human you just don't always know yeah and it's okay um but you just put one foot in front of the other and keep one moving and do what you need to do you need to increase your skills mm. do it. you need to research more you need to align yourself with um people who know something you don't you yeah. know um that's what I that's that's how I, I moved and and then I did the first um episode I put it out March 18th. Mm-hmm. I think my first episode was eight minutes long because I was just like, wait, so in what? this space, you just talked. <laughs> like, nobody's going to jump into the studio and be like, that's too much time. Because <laughs> traditionally, yeah. it's, it's like, one first of half. all, they tell you that uh, yeah. uh, people can only listen for two minutes. Yeah. And then your recording is like eight minutes, like, God so damn. my friend, <laughs> he kept telling me, no, keep going. Mm. He's like, I listen to one hour long podcast. I'm like, one hour? <laughs> the heck is somebody saying for one hour yeah and now some of the episodes mm. are one hour long mm-hmm. and you know so um it was just very vulnerable and raw that first episode but i love it because it sets the tone for the space to be a safe space for people mm. um so that was the transition and i have not since that day i've not missed putting out an episode every week 
dope and for me that was important because consistency is it's so important true right? story yeah so that was my true story true story all right now let's talk about team adele before we even like get into this podcasting thing fully fully because mm-hmm. i guess that will be the bulk of the conversation um so team adele what i understand is we're listeners of your show and then you took it to the next step to actually meet these guys and you know link them up with mentors in different fields and just be like yo you can get a skill i've seen people who have started businesses because of you know that interaction with you and i don't think i've seen where aside from you know musicians being doing their little meet and greets i don't think i've ever heard like a radio person is actually going to meet the people that listen to their show what inspired that move um i think it's just um curiosity it's yeah like who are these people listening <laughs> to the show, you yeah. know? And you go and you hang out with, with your listeners and you realize that it's cool people. Mm-hmm. They're people who have my phone number. I'm a WhatsApp group with them. Yeah. Um, and, and also, it's to understand young people more. Mm. Like, not from the top down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be in those spaces to really understand what are some of the issues they're battling before you can even start trying to have the conversation of what interventions can be created for that Mm -hmm. problem, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it was just hangouts. I think it it evolved quite um, organically, like Mm -hmm. just from hanging out, realizing some are not in university because they cannot afford fees. Mm -hmm. And then saying, well, that's not okay. (laughs) Like... That should you have a right to education. away from certain things. Yeah. And knowing that within my networks, there are certain schools that I know, organizations that I know that could give scholarships or give, uh, you know, what can we do mm. or bump up, give you funding for your business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me, it was an organic growth. I don't think, uh, I never took being a radio presenter to be synonymous with being a celebrity mm-hmm. I, I always said we're the medium mm. where the audience gets to meet or know their celebrities better mm. or gets to be inspired by trailblazers and stuff we're the medium mm. so that tag it, it to date I'm like huh? what what is that like yeah. if you quantify what is a celebrity and what is all of the things so that's why it's so no problem with hanging out because that's how you know your audience better mm. um, and then it grew to wanting to create programs for young Kenyans mm-hmm. to help them after I understood the problems they were going through and yeah we registered we did a brainstorm mm-hmm. in 2017 we registered the members I think we're just over 4,000 members now, mm. youth members. And so for me, it's now less of, so you'll not even see the hashtag Team Adele or whatever. It's not that I'm like, how am I creating opportunities for you? Mm. It's not a hashtag. It's like, so you, what's a hashtag when you can't go to uni? Yeah. And what's a hashtag when you can't Meat. run a business, right? Yeah. So if you can't eat, like you, ha- you don't have supper tonight. So it's moved to being the youth, um, docket of my initiative that's dope man Mm -hmm. but i i want to say that i feel like you are a celebrity because like i said before you've moved from being just the journalist Mm -hmm. being just the radio person who that was that beyonce song it's like (laughs) there's more to it that you're doing so i believe like you know you're someone who is worth celebrating or who is also celebrated by people who have benefited from Team Adele, from Adele Onyango Initiative, and congrats, Thank kudos. You so much. I don't, I, I don't even know what I wanted to say, but I just, I just want you to know, like you know. Thank you, I really appreciate. If someone calls you a celebrity, like just know you deserve the title, because some of these yeah. people being called celebrities, like. Uh, I think it's just my relationship with words. Maybe it's surprising okay. me. I'm so intentional about words that I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Why? Why yeah. am I celeb? Why? <laughs> the yeah. track record speaks for itself right now. It's like, <laughs> right you. now, just go on Google yes. and you will know. <laughs> you Thank you so much. See. It's dope. Um, so now, transitioning into podcasting, and you have a segment on your podcast called called 100 African, African Stories. Mm-hmm. Why is it important or why was it important for you, you know, even from this team adult thing? Having that voice heard, the, the common Monenchi, quote-unquote, mm. listened to and felt, you know, seen. And you're not just another person on the internet ranting about your shit. You can yeah. actually have a spa- safe space here for you I to think come it, it, it goes back to what I said earlier about wanting more African voices in that global African narrative. Mm. So there's, there's more than two ways to mm. be African. Mm-hmm. And it's... So one is to have those um, spaces mm-hmm. where African voices can be heard mm-hmm. through their stories. Mm-hmm. So you will sit on a platform with anybody because for you to tell a story on that feature, you just you have to be African, yeah. right? Yeah. And the second thing is that to create a space where it's okay to be human. Mm. Our human experiences are very similar, very different in how they manifest, but very similar. Mm. And sometimes you can think you're the only person who has faced a certain challenge or even a certain win. Mm-hmm. And so hearing those stories, you're just like, oh man, I had even me, mm. I went through ABCD. And because you don't have spaces where you can talk about your stories, yeah. you think you're the only one going through a certain thing, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. And so uh, those are the two reasons. Like, it's important to just... Because when I started it, I was like, am I the only one who's, like, not feeling my job, feeling mm. a bit... I don't know what the next step is. Like, surely, can it be... With all the million of human beings on yeah. this planet, how am I feeling else? so alone mm. in this space? Mm. Right? And um, I want people to not feel alone. Yeah. And, and I think that's another a secondary reason behind ensuring tons of voices and tons of stories get told on the podcast that's dope and you know you 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 talk about the human experience being different but similar and i feel like my experience is kind of somewhat similar to yours Mm. in a way and you know when you were talking about the radio thing and working with people that you've grown up or heard of Mm. know of that was the same way for me when i was coming to homeboys i was Mm. like holy shit yeah. This is the place where you can have imposter syndrome. Yeah, I was like, so listen, real. what is this? Yeah. And on my podcast, I have something that's kind of similar to 100 um, African stories. Mm-hmm. I actually learned about this um, just the other day. But my segment is called Instrumental because it's about mental mm-hmm. health. So I have just people, mm-hmm. I come on, you talk about whatever it is, and I just share that on the mm-hmm. podcast. I put an intro and an outro. And I started doing it for Mental Health Week because mm-hmm. I was like, we're not having conversations about it. And mental people started health, telling yeah. me, like, the mental health segment on your podcast is my favorite one. Because I have mental yeah. health, I have these yeah. interviews, and I have, like, pop-ups, which is just random yeah. shit. So people are like, I really gravitated towards instrumental. And I like, and you know, it, it just made me feel yeah. like, hiya, kume, there's something it's here. Like, real. I just wanted people yeah. to share their experience. Yeah. Like, I battled with this, and it's mm-hmm. like, putting it out there, just know you might not have said, I, I, I attempted suicide, but hearing someone actually come out and say I've done it once, twice, three times, four times and these are the steps I'm taking towards healing. Someone who hasn't come out publicly to talk about it feels like I, you know, I don't have exactly, I don't have to go through it and by myself. Um, As a person who's shared like raw experiences, you know, um, with social media or publicly because you are a public figure, are there any experiences where you've been like, this has been like too traumatic for me to talk about? No. Yeah? <laughs> I think I'm, I've, I've shared like absolutely everything that I've gone through. Yeah. I think where I limited is if it touches on my family mm. and loved ones who are not in the public eye mm. then I don't put it out there because mm-hmm. um, they didn't choose to be in the industry that I am in yeah. um, and they're different personalities Yeah, but I've been because I run uh, most of the time I run my social media myself mm-hmm. um, so even when I'm having a bad day or like doubt or whatever and I put it out there it's, mm. it's literally me typing it okay. you know yeah. and so I don't think I've 
because it's not this is my story how you want mm. to take it is your business mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like that has nothing to do with me whether yeah. it inspires you whether you're irked by it or whatever yeah. that's you yeah i just feel like i'm very okay and i'm proud that i weathered certain storms mm. right mm. so and they've taught me something so why not share yeah and it's almost like a diary for me like my mm. online social media is like a diary for me so mm-hmm. i just don't i don't overstructure too much that i put out there yeah. because it's hard if you start thinking oh but somebody's going to see yeah no 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 no, no. yeah then what yeah <laughs> okay i feel you yeah. i feel like my approach with social media is if i overthink something i just delete it it's like mm. if i ask myself three four times like for real like you want this update to go out like that mm. if i overthink it i'm just like nah it's not gonna go out but most times i'm just usually on social like listen yeah i'm gonna call out this person yeah. if like if it was one of those days where i'm like i have time today so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do this and then i'll block you after yeah. you read my messages i will block your ass <laughs> but also i don't interact with a lot of what's happening in in um the kenyan entertainment industry mm. I just um, to to preserve the creative space mm. when I'm creating things. I just I don't like knowing or having that noise. Mm. So my feed, especially Instagram, which is where I'm online a lot more, mm. is random African creatives, so fashion mm-hmm. designers mm-hmm. and photographers. Obviously, there's family, but um pages that are I like I like a lot of the UK feminist pages they're so quirky it's, it's mm-hmm. so entertaining mm-hmm. um, so I follow one called curated by girls mm-hmm. or for girls mm-hmm. one of the two um, so half the time I'm so clueless mm. about what's happening <laughs> like it's only when I talk to somebody I'm like what, Wait, what happened? happened when <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm not on a, a pop kind of like trend show mm. I don't have to follow like not even for prep mm. I don't even have like to like if know. you're not interested in it like why is it not, occupying yeah. yeah so I I I really have done a good job in protecting my and sometimes I just mute people because I just don't like the energy of yeah it could not it like it's not an insult I'm like no I'm just, <laughs> me too me too I'll just be like first of all you yeah. said something else about somebody else I'll just be like I don't like it yeah, I'm muting yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't I I can share whatever I I I I feel mm. and if it's something where I know there's gonna be somebody wants a back and forth I turn off mm. my, my comments because mm. I'm like I said what I said yeah screenshot they talk about it elsewhere but just not, not with here. me yeah <laughs> mm, it's like it's not a debate yeah right yeah yeah i feel you the first time you came out and and talked about this rape experience was that a hard decision to come to mm, yes and no mm-hmm. no because obviously you're opening up about something so i mean yes because you're opening up about something very traumatic mm. right yeah um but no, because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1999. Mm. Cancer was synonymous with death. Yeah. And you could lose a job mm. um, because they thought you were about to die. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still the same to date. Which but is I, but I, I guess right now it's more common. Like you hear yeah. more people have it. But so it's like. In terms of like jobs mm. and losing job oh, opportunities, that, that's still a situation. Wow. And and so, but she spoke about mm. her breast cancer very loudly, mm-hmm. and then transitioned from a finance-oriented job to working with survivors of breast cancer mm-hmm. and patients, and setting up and running an entire um, the Kenya Breast Health Program. Mm-hmm. And so, with that um, example right in front of me. That's why I say no because mm. I'm like I had already 1999. I was in class five. Mm. I I was celebrating my birthdays in hospital with my mom and not seeing that anything was quote unquote wrong. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um. And be- I guess it was because 
you you take life as it comes mm. <laughs> and you weather the storms yeah um and my mom explained it to us it wasn't even from a point of ignorance as a child mm. I, i knew my mom had cancer i knew what cancer was mm. i knew what chemotherapy is and mm. radiotherapy and mm. all of that but i think we were just brought up to own our stories mm. you know and so that's why i would say no because mm. that was so normal already in my family mm. like it's just like you know yeah. um and to be quite frank i don't think i've had anybody strangers online telling me i shouldn't have shared that story mm. there are some who would blame me mm. victim blaming back in the day but that i i overshared no i think it makes you more relatable because people remember your human word yeah. word you get like the word brave thrown at you like you're so brave for that story i think people threw that at women of color a lot yeah. which is it's it's problematic because why not fix the stuff that is forcing us to have to be brave yeah. like we are tired of being brave Word. <laughs> you know yeah um so it's it's you know they say it like it's an accolade but i'm always like but why do we have to be brave mm. it's mm. not that we bravely went for a job interview no yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like something that actually happened home. yeah you know what i mean yeah. cuz yeah. you bravely shared your story like there's okay. you know a story yeah. to bravely share True. but um Yeah, see that that that's it's normally strange for me when mm. like why you know I'm asking this about like sharing sharing yourself because most of my podcast has just been about people but then um the first instrumental episode was my story mm. like what what inspired my journey into mental health and I think it was the very first time for me to actually you know have a conversation about it and actually detail it and mm. and you know all the ugliness that came with mm. it my my journey into mental health was inspired by my sister she tried to commit suicide at mm. home and getting that phone call mm. you know it's something that i still go to from time to time and it's like no that can never ever happen if i write her a message and she doesn't respond i i panic a little mm. bit but i'm like you shouldn't be panicking because we have taken the necessary steps to ensure you know she's good and and Hell, she's working yeah. on her mental health and I, after sharing that episode first i i thought it was going to be a trigger for her cuz i feel like it's one of those things it came as a shock so at home we didn't know how to react to it it's like are we are we talking about this or are we not but i'm her older sister so i was like you know what if we're not all talking about it as a family like let's have indiv- individual conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. so i talked to my mom i talked to my dad i talked to my sister and after she listened to the episode at first when i was putting it out i just put it out raw and i was like please family don't see this because yeah. we haven't talked about it. and then she told me she saw it yeah so i was like and then how did it make you feel and she said it was like i think like 20 minutes she said she took 3 days to listen to it because there was so much unpacking yeah. and it painted me to her in a different light cuz she thought i was quote and quote yeah. strong and that wouldn't affect me and her listening to how it affected me and all that stuff and i felt that it was important for me to say that story i can't let other people come and say their truth if they don't know my truth mm-hmm. so I, i i tried to create that space mm-hmm. and now i'm trying to do something on my podcast where i do like a diary of or something i don't know what name i'm going to call it yeah. and it's just going to be you know me talking about life situations mm-hmm. and i'm thinking like am i going to be able to talk about stuff like this or you know cuz there's different aspects you mm-hmm. know that that affect you beyond your career there's like relationships and relationships is like platonic relationships there's the romantic relationship there's sibling love with your parents how you deal with other mm. people shit like that i'm still you know i don't know how to share it yeah but i feel like you know you'll find it um and yeah. you know when the timing is right but i just don't think how did you how did you find that like how did you decide you know i know there's a lot of trauma like even beyond it being physical there's mental emotional and you know there's all that being drained out of you like literally life being drained out of you when do you get to that point where you're like you know what i'm at the point because my sister also told me she's at the point where she wants to use her experience to tell people that you don't have to commit suicide um so what was that point for you after the rape um case i think i, I went through therapy so mm. um 
by the time I was talking up talking about it, there's therapy, mm-hmm. um, which is literally a health intervention. Mm. So it's not fun and it's not a couch and you're just lying, lying there down. crying. Mm. These are doctors mm. who have studied for years how to deal with certain conditions, yes, but also how to help somebody navigate trauma, mm. right? Mm. Um, so there's that. And then there's owning my story, mm. which is a norm. And so I came from a home where things were talked about, mm. you know. And so if my people are okay with it, um, that's really the only go-ahead I need. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it's it's part of my story and I shouldn't... I, I'm not at fault. Mm. I shouldn't be ashamed because there's, there's no wrongdoing yeah. on my end. Yeah. Um, if anybody, if any, anything, the shame is on perpetrators. They are the ones who should carry the shame. Yeah. And so I think those two things, definitely therapy, but also having that strong foundation of being in a home where you just own your story. There was, with my mom, there was nothing you could have gone through that is so embarrassing. Mm. That, that you, you couldn't can't talk say about. It. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, and for everyone, she was that person, not only for my sisters and I, but like my aunties. And mm. we would laugh and say how she died with so many people's secrets. Mm. <laughs> Those guys were just like, hey. telling her everything. She was like a therapist. And she's to speak now. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that foundation really did help me because I, I think I owned every bit of my story. Mm. It just, um, and I know there's no shame on my part. Yeah. Amazing. Now let's talk. No means no. I swear. God damn, it's like two hours. Okay, we're finishing. We're finishing. It's because I I, I can't call you again. So let's just, and then you you should have done lesser things then if you wanted fewer questions. Yeah, we're we're finishing because I also think um, the reporting guy needs to come through and do something. All right, so this one is like now, I don't want you to go without talking about the Adele Onyango initiative. So talk to me about like no means no campaign into sisterhood to now AOI in 2018 which one came first yeah um no means no came first Mm -hmm. I was angry that conversations around race were not being had Mm. and so I started a Facebook group actually there Mm -hmm. were no pages then it was a group Mm -hmm. and many people joined because and from different countries Mm because i went to high school in botswana so i in in the high school we had very many people from different countries so Mm -hmm. i had people from the uk from the states from every corner just contributing and saying well here in nightclubs they put up these posters in the bathrooms for women and Mm -hmm. Mm now and just exchanging ideas on what would work for which country Mm -hmm. In terms of spreading awareness around sexual violence, specifically rape, mm-hmm. um, and then it it grew when I got into therapy to connecting survivors to therapists who I knew. Mm-hmm. It was a very you know Joakali approach of DM me the number and then I'll I connect DM you to this person. Mm-hmm. Na, 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 na. Yeah, and they were just volunteers. Um, the 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 therapist that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And sisterhood was actually detached from that because I, I wanted women to kind of have some sort of togetherness, um, holding each other, each other's hands mm-hmm. through, through life, through careers, through work and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the initiative I knew now to run programs sustainably, you have to, there's a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. And so that's why then I created Safe 247, mm. which is a 14-week group therapy program mm. for survivors of rape. And it's a free program. Mm. Um, and so what we've done so far is we did a fundraiser in November to December mm-hmm. to get people to raise funds to actually take the survivors through this program. Mm-hmm. And then we did a call-out in January for psychologists and counselors to come on and help us build the curriculum mm-hmm. because again in terms of mental health it's it's you don't go to an accountant when you have a broken leg mm. right you go True. to a trained specialist so mm-hmm. even this it has to come from that 
that that that area of, of expertise mm. and professionalism. Mm. So then we have these three amazing psychologists who came on board, mm-hmm. Zelfine, Wangoi, and um, Waidera. Mm-hmm. We did interviews. We mm-hmm. got, uh, I think, over 150 applicants. Amazing. We interviewed them, shortlisted them, um, and we settled on these three women. And then they designed the curriculum for the 14 sessions. Mm-hmm. We also got a curriculum developer um, who's Grace. And so then she packaged it in a way that makes sense in terms of a curriculum. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so we, we did that. We started doing that in February and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And then Grace, sorry, Grace is stranded in um, the States. Um, but then we we then have re- we regrouped virtually and we've just finished the curriculum. We've finished the toolkit that each survivor will get. Mm-hmm. And now... Um, we're about to roll out the pilot mm. and so at least it's you can see elements of the sisterhood because mm-hmm. it's women together yeah. elements of no means no but it's more structured it's more sustainable you can track what's happening yeah and you can scale it to different counties which yeah is, which is the plan this is dope man let me see follow-up question last question mm. is it the last question Okay, um, when you when when I was watching again your interview uh, with Val for the Two Rivers thing, you said when you first started talking about the rape experience, people just wanted a wishy yeah. story. Yeah. What? How differently would you rather we struct structure the conversation around sexual violence that it's more than just well yeah well yeah like. It's Beyond the that, mm. it's, it's a cultural audit. It's accountability. Mm. It's what is my individual role? Am I helping erase sexual violence, mm. or am I silent when somebody says a joke or shares a meme mm. that normalizes violence against women? Mm-hmm. Um, am I aware of what the law is? Am I demanding more from police? Am yeah. I demanding more from the judicial system? Mm. As a lawyer, maybe I'm a lawyer. Am I doing that in that space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Am I looking at safe houses? Do I even know that there's a shortage of safe houses mm. in each county, mm. in each country, mm. right? Um, or am I just... Is it a wish history and then we go? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think you need the story anymore. Mm. I feel like you know it's a pandemic it's in itself, yeah. right? Yeah. You know it's happening. It's happening in marriages. Um, in, in intimate violence between partners yeah. is huge. Domestic violence, marital rape, um, kids are being molested. Our teen pregnancy thing, there is elements of molestation and rape. Even there. coercion. You know, people yeah. don't understand. Uh-huh. So those conversations are important and they're linked to other things yeah. how are border border riders some of them mm-hmm. um luring girls with sanitary pads and then molesting them or raping them mm. so it's linked to also this poverty thing and this lack of sanitary thing is still contributing to sexual violence yes mm. it is so can we have the conversation yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um and sometimes and for me most of those platforms that you're called to to share your story they don't want to talk about the issue they want clickbait mm. you yeah know what i mean yeah and so i'm like if that's what you want then i'm i'm really not the person for you mm-hmm. we have to be responsible yeah. Even as as journalists or whatever platform you have, you have to be responsible and say, I'm going to talk about this problem. Mm-hmm. How am I going to ensure it's a balanced problem? Where When somebody has balanced conversation, when somebody watches this, mm. they'll be like afterwards introspecting and being like, hmm. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. no means no. Yeah. Yeah, actually, rape can happen in a marriage. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Yeah. But yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I that's what I meant to this. So I just I just say no nowadays. <laughs> True. I mean the story is out there, you can look for it exactly. if you really that's want it. Like, like nope. Yeah. But here's what we can talk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's dope. Alright. We we finished. When okay. is all when all is said and done. You've said you've talked about creating something that will outlive you, you yeah. know, after you're done. When all is said and done and you've been put in the dirt or cremated I don't know what you want yeah. to do. 
What does the Adele Onyango legacy say? Um, I think I wanted to say different things to different people. Mm-hmm. I want to impact people on a human level so much so that it's not a blanket mm. um, statement mm-hmm. in terms of my legacy. I want my legacy to be made up of multiple impact I've had mm. on individuals so that they can convene and each have a different story. You Word. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that it's not the celebrated presenter. <laughs> no, it's like... It's mm. the chick who taught me na 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 na. Mm. Um, I think that that to me would be. I don't know what's on the other side, so yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to like be like. Are you saying what? <laughs> what a liar! <laughs> no, no. I don't know if I'll be able to say that, but um, I I I would hope mm. that's kind of like the legacy I want. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Have you enjoyed this conversation? I really have. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It was really good, and you did your your prep. Girl, like, let me tell you, really I was impressed. I was there. Like, listen, this is Adele. She's got. As usual, you're welcome to share your comments, your thoughts, your feedback. Whether you agree or disagree with the sentiments on this podcast, and how you can do that is at Just Ruby V. And also, if you like this content, make sure that you share it, share it, share it, share it. You can find this podcast on YouTube as well, and you can also find it on my Facebook page, Ruby V. So whichever medium you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available for you and of course you can share with your friends as well.